वसुदेवसुत कंसचाणूरमर्दनम देवकी परमानंदम कृष्ण वंदे जगद्गु गुड ईवनिंग एंड नमस्कार एवरीबडी दिस इज द भगवदगीता क्लास एंड टुडे आवर को होस्ट इज जयंत who will keep a lookout for your raised hands if you can raise your hands virtually that's the best there is a button for that at the bottom of your uh, panels participants you click that you'll get an option to press the raise hand button you can ask questions or make an observation or a comment and i can reply to you in general everybody will be muted but whenever you want to speak you can always um, and also you can write something in the chat uh, you can communicate with each other or with the co-host with me those facilities are there mm all right let us start in the third chapter we were we had done 31st i thought we had done the 32nd verse but now i see that we have done up to 31st the 31st verse shri krishna says ye me matam idam nityam anutishthanti manava shraddhavanto anusuyanta muchyante te api karmavi so those who follow this teaching of mine matam my matam uh, my view or my teaching so you can see the amazing humility uh, he is not saying this is the ultimate truth this is uh, given by i am god i am telling you this there are various opinions paths to spiritual life my matam is this uh, i am telling you and what is this matam this is there in the 30th verse this is the most important verse in this section मयि सर्वाणि कर्माणि सन्यस्य अध्यात्म चेतसा निराशीर निर्ममो भूत्वा युद्धस्व विगत ज्वरः दिस इज द एसेंस ऑफ कर्म योग विथ अ स्पिरिचुअल एटीट्यूड व्हाट इज द स्पिरिचुअल एटीट्यूड आई विल रियलाइज माय ओन नेचर आई विल गेट मोक्षा गॉड रियलाइजेशन इन दिस वेरी लाइफ इटसेल्फ दैट इज माय गोल इन लाइफ दैट्स द पर्पस ओवरऑल और अल्टीमेट पर्पस ऑफ लाइफ अध्यात्म चेतसा एंड देन व्हाट डू यू डू all activities you need not stop them everything that you have to do in life you have to go you go on doing that but mai sarvani karmani sanyasya offer it to me to god to bhagwan offer like you do your puja like that you offer all your activities to god mentally it's a mental shift and nirashi without any desire or attachment nirmama without the feeling it is mine i am the doer and i shall get the result of this no uh, nirmamo bhutva Vigatajwara, without any anxiety anymore, giving up all anxieties and tensions, and because you have given up attachment, that's why there is no anxiety or tension. Vigatajwara means free of fever. Yudhyaswa, fight the battle of life. Those who follow this teaching, they are freed from the bondage of karma. Bondage of karma means uh, they will be freed from um, from the effects of karma. and then with through purification of mind by karma yoga concentration of mind by meditation through gyana yoga they will be finally freed from samsara they will get moksha then comes verse number 32 but if you do not follow this teaching so sri krishna is uh, pushing the teaching or advertising the teaching very strongly positive if you follow you will get this if you don't follow 32 ये तदभ्यसूयुति मे मत विमूढ़ा विधि नो दू हैव अ जड़ इनर्ट एंड रूइंड लाइफ हू 
who are deluded with respect to all knowledge, that they do not get any knowledge at all, who criticize this teaching of mine and refuse to follow it. So that's a pretty strong statement. That if you follow it, you will get moksha. If you don't, basically if you don't follow it, then we will fall into samsara. We will remain in samsara, go through ups and downs, life after life. Achetasaha. <coughs> the root is this. They do not want spirituality. They do not want God-realization. At the root is the problem that uh, God-realization, moksha, um, liberation is not my goal. That is achetasaha. No spiritual attitude is there to life. And then they, what do they do? Because there is no spiritual purpose in life, first of all, they criticize this doctrine, this teaching. They abhyasuyanta, they criticize it. You will notice something. One thing is that those who are atheists or those who are um, strongly materialistic, they also feel a strong need to criticize religion. Why? Because if religion is true, then I, the atheist, am in trouble then my whole view of life is wrong. So I must make sure that religion is wrong and then only I can be right. I can be at peace. If you are a spiritual seeker, if you seek moksha, God realization, you really don't bother about the materialist or the atheist or the person who is very worldly. You know slowly they will progress and one day they will come to spiritual life. You are not really bothered about uh, criticizing that person. But the materialist has to criticize the spiritual person. Otherwise, the materialist way of life cannot be justified. So, abhyasuyanta, they criticize uh, spirituality. Especially this teaching of mine about karma yoga. Nanutishthanti, and of course they don't follow it. What happens? Sarvagyana vimudanta, nashtan. They are bereft of all knowledge. What knowledge? This viveka has different levels. This knowledge has different levels. First level is the difference between dharma and adharma. What is right and what is wrong? That itself they don't, uh, they don't understand. So they, are, they get deluded by their own ragadvesha, their own desires and aversions. What is adharma, they take it to be right. What is dharma, they don't feel like doing it or they don't take it to be right. The higher level, dharma, dharma, viveka. Next, um, nitya, nitya, viveka. What is eternal? God alone is eternal. This world is temporary, transient, passing. This feeling does not come. This world alone seems to be real and they want to hold on to this. Then the even higher level of viveka, satya mithya viveka. God alone is real, world is not only non-eternal, not only temporary and passing, but also false, appearance, an illusion, like a movie, like a dream, like a, that a snake in the rope or mirage in the desert. So you see three levels. First of all, most important, right and wrong viveka. What is right and what is wrong? Dharma, dharma. That itself is not clear to such people. Then deeper level, nitya, nitya. God alone is nitya. Nitya means eternal. The world is anitya. Everything is temporary. You say, who does not know that? Even if people who do not believe in God, and atheists do not believe in God, or say Buddhists do not believe in God, uh, but they all know that world is non-eternal. World is temporary. They may know that, but they don't behave ac accordingly. Most people, you see, worldly mind is, though I know that the, everything is temporary, nobody lives forever. I also will not live forever. Nor are my possessions forever. Everything is subject to up and down, coming and going, increase and decrease. I know that. But I behave as if I will live forever. I behave as if all these things I am struggling for, they will be with me. 
and I push that knowledge of the temporality of life to the background and then only samsara is possible. Then even deeper knowledge, satya mithya, God alone is real, the world is unreal. Uh, Sri Ramakrishna says again and again, ishwari vastu arshabhavastu, God alone is the reality, everything else is an appearance. This is the final viveka, final knowledge, deeper knowledge, all this kind of knowledge does not appear to and doesn't, is, is not um, available to such people who criticize this teaching of mine. So this is 32. Um, then 33. 33 and 34 are important, are very practical. Uh, practical in the sense, we all have this question again and again it comes. Why is spiritual life difficult? Why is it so difficult to change? I read so many things, I understand so many things, but why can't I change myself? It's so slow and difficult. Uh, so what is the problem here? Uh, why is it difficult to be spiritual? This answer is there. What is the obstacle and what is the solution? Both are given. Very interesting. 33 and 34. A great deal of psychology is involved here. 33. Sadrisham cheshtate swasya prakriti jnanavanapi prakritim yanti bhutani nigraha kim karishyati Even a jnani, man of knowledge, behaves according to his nature. All beings behave according to their nature. What can repression do? What can repression do? So, very interesting verse. Sadrisham cheshtate swasya. People work according to their own nature, prakriti. According to their own prakriti. Even the man of knowledge, even the, um, you know, the jnani, one who has attended all Vedanta classes, and got full notes, I've got all the recordings in my hard drive. So, Jnani, maybe even uh, an enlightened person, even Jivan Mukta, Brahma Jnani also. What to speak of ordinary people? Prakritim Yanti Bhutani, they follow their own nature. Nigraha Kim Karishati, a hammer blow. What will self-control do? What can control do? What can repression do? People will according to, uh, act according to their nature. Now, this is a very interesting verse. What is Sri Krishna telling us here? What is Prakriti? Prakriti is our nature. Our nature means, did you not say our nature is that we are Atman, Satchidananda? Yes, actually we are Satchidananda. Um, our real self is existence, consciousness, place. Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Brahma. Existence itself, consciousness itself and infinity, infinite being and consciousness. That is our nature, Atman, Brahman, Turiya, whatever you call it. But Prakriti refers to body-mind. So this mind we have got, intellect, mind, memories and the body, this particular body we have got in this life. All of this, these are products of Maya, of Prakriti and so they are called Prakriti here. Prakriti here means our body-mind complex and there also in the mind our whole personality which is shaped by our tendencies. So body-mind complex is Prakriti especially the mind and especially in the mind the whole uh, what uh, the tendencies which we have got in Sanskrit samskaras our these samskaras uh, they are different for each person as Atman Atman is same for all we are all pure being pure consciousness it's impersonal but the, we each have a different personality 
each has a different person personality uh, each even in a family you see each child is different from a very early age you see the differences now this different personalities this is prakriti and this differs from person to person where does it say stay special it stays in the mind it is in the mind where does it come from our past lives each jiva that is atman plus sukshma sharira or mind or sukshma sharira that sukshma sharira is the storehouse of our nature all the tendencies which we have accumulated samskaras vasanas desires accumulated life after life that is the totality of our uh, prakriti and again here also in each life a part of it is manifested whichever part of our accumulated karma is becomes active producing this life that part becomes manifested in this life and that is very specifically that is called my prakriti now here and now my life shankaracharya says in his commentary he says prakriti nama purvakrita dharma dharma adi samskaraha vartamana janmadau abhivyakta sa prakriti that is prakriti uh, because which is prakriti purvakrita whatever we have done what have we done dharma dharma good and bad things and what we have done has created samskara samskaraha what what happened to the samskara part of that vartamana janmadau in this life and lives to come abhivyakta it becomes manifest not that all our samskaras are manifest we have gone through so many lives and so many bodies animal body bird body devata body um, maybe asura body so many lives we have gone through not that all of them will become manifest impossible in this body particularly some kind of samskara is manifest that is called prakriti prachina karma samskara prachina means ancient births so many births which you do not know about those things are giving their results now see the karma that we have done our prakriti is made by ourselves our destiny we have made so it's very interesting in our karmavada in hinduism buddhism jainism sikhism all indian philosophies we believe in past karma so it seems to be fatalistic it is my karma which has given me this life and this tendencies but this karma i have myself manufactured i have woven the web in which i am trapped today my destiny i have made over many lifetimes and how i will act now will make an or unmake these things over the next this life or next life so actually karma is a positive doctrine that what we do we get the result karma has two important effects one is called samskara what we consistently do again and again good and bad whatever it is it will create an effect on our mind that is very clear everybody understands our repeated action becomes our character what we repeat again and again that becomes a habit and habits total habits together is character actions repeated habit habits together character so that is one is called samskara and these totality of samskara is our prakriti but karma also has another effect what you might call an cosmic effect which is papa punya which you have talked about earlier good and bad results and that papa punya will give will give rise to events in our life one is the samskaras tendencies which we all have prakriti the other one is what will happen in our life our parents our birth this body uh, our health uh, what big events happen in our life um, in our secular or even spiritual life these things friends relatives husband wife children uh, job uh, prosperity uh, health illness all of these things are more to more or less determined by my past 
karma. And now that is the playing field into which the jiva is thrust. Now how you play, you have a freedom. Your, with whom you are playing, with the, with the um, game equipment, balls and bats and all, those are given by God, by your own prakriti, by your, by your karma, karma fella. The playground is arranged by God according to your karma fella. But how you play, we have some freedom there. Now, these samskaras are our past. Um, they, they are, um, and they have given rise to our present prakriti. This prakriti is expressed in the form of ragadvesha. How do we know where is prakriti acting? As ragadvesha. Ragadvesha means likes and dislikes. Raga is like, desire, wanting. Dvesha is aversion, don't like. I don't want or want to get rid of something. And these are expressed in our day-to-day -day life. Every person you will see, they are defined by likes and dislikes. Um, and these likes and dislikes guide our actions. Prakritim yanti bhutani. In our day-to-day -day life, the things that we pursue, what we want to do in life, the food that we like to eat. Um, uh, one more thing. Prakriti is not just past karma. After birth till now, there is the, this life's experiences. Conditioning of this life is also there. The childhood experiences, parents, how they treated us. Uh, teachers, uh, our relatives, friends, our own body, health and illness, uh, our experiences of life and the community, what we have been taught in school and by the community, uh, all of these experiences in this life, they also go into the Prakriti. So there is a very s nice phrase, nature plus nurture, nature and nurture. Nature is what we have inherited. In scientific terms, it is mostly the genetics, nature is our genetics. But nurture is what has happened to us in this life, how we have been treated, educated, taken care of, nourished, altogether our prakriti. This is, as you can understand, this is really important. It is true that we are all Satchidananda, no problem there. Atman or Brahman has no problem. Problem is in our prakriti. Each person has different tendencies, you will see, the way we behave. Some are very calm, some are very excitable, some are dull, some are um, active, some are intelligent, understanding, some are aloof, uh, some like this kind of food, some like that kind of place, some like mixing with people, some do not like mixing, some like only a few friends, some like many are gregarious with many friends, so on. Uh, so this is one thing. The other, uh, another aspect of this is, Prakriti is made of three gunas. Sattva Rajas Tamas. Sattva Rajas Tamas. This we have read again and again. These are the constituents of Prakriti. And all of us, our personalities, have a predominance of one or the other. Some are, all of us have Sattva Rajas Tamas in our Prakriti, in our, our personality. And in some of us, Tamas is more where dullness, slowness, heaviness, unwilling to change, that is tam Tamasic. Rajas, Rajas is more in some, dynamic, energetic, but full of desires, active, restless. And a few lucky ones are predominantly sattvic, uh, calm and, and uh, serene and uh, by nature pure, controlled, disciplined. Now the thing is, spiritual life is possible only when we bring our uh, prakriti into control. Normally when we act, it is according to prakriti. 
This is what Krishna is saying. Prakritim yanti bhutani. People act according to their prakriti. Almost everything that we do, act and react, what we do in life and how we react to life, it depends on our prakriti. But this prakriti has to be brought under control and channelized towards uh, God-realization, channelized towards sadhana. So this is the whole task of sadhana. See, spiritual practice, whether it is karma yoga, you are doing seva, whether it is bhakti, you do worshipping God with devotion, whether it is meditation, you are doing japa, or whether it is attending Vedanta classes, jnana yoga, bhakti yoga, raja yoga, karma yoga, all of these, they cannot do anything to the atman. You the atman, you are satchidananda, nothing will increase, nothing will decrease there. You are perfect. But what these do is, they polish our prakriti. They, all of them, is polishing means they are make, trying to make our prakriti, our mind especially, more sattvic. Now those of us, most of us, we have generally tamasic, rajasic, predominant minds. And this offers resistance. A few people are already sattvic by nature by because of past life sadhana. Their sadhana in this life becomes easy. They are, I have seen myself in, um, in the training center where I used to teach uh, monastic novices, those brahmacharis who have come to become sannyasis. And see these young men who have come to become sadhu, they already have decided we will be, have, God realization is our life, life's goal, adhyatma chetasa. They have got that spiritual attitude very clearly and they have made the sacrifice of giving up everything else for the pursuit of uh, spiritual life only. Yet, yet, there is so much difference between them. Why is one of them, uh, why, why uh, are some um, so happy to get up so early in the morning and uh, happily going there and meditating and um, while another, pers- another one finds it difficult to get up in the morning, uh, has to be scolded, go and sit for meditation. Uh, one finds the classes so interesting, uh, Vedanta, another finds it so dull, boring. One finds devotion so interesting uh, and has a seva bhava, attending to the brothers who have fallen ill, those who need something, always eager to help others. While someone may be trying to avoid work and uh, avoid responsibility, why? All have come to be spiritual. Where is the problem? All are Satchidananda Brahman. Uh, Or if you take a devotional approach, God dwells equally in the hearts of all of them. Then what is the problem? Problem is with Prakriti. Each one has baggage. Uh, the background, life after life, we have come with a lot of history, personal history. But that comes in the way. That is what is blocking us in spiritual life. This is what Sri Krishna is saying. Prakritim yanti bhutani. Um, in Arjuna's case, he is a warrior. His basic nature is rajas, that uh, dynamic spirit. Uh, and he wants to be spiritual, but he wants to be spiritual in the way uh, a yogi is in the mountains. You know, He says, this I will not do. I will rather go to the mountains and sit and meditate. What Sri Krishna is trying to tell him is, your prakriti will not allow it. See, you are a dynamic person. You are a warrior, a kshatriya. Now, your spirituality should also be according to your prakriti. This is the great teaching. It will come in the next verse. So, what are we to do if the Prakriti is standing in our way? So, Arjuna is being told, now you must fight this war. Not give up the war. Not go to the mountain and sit like a a muni there. You will not be able to do that. Maybe you will end up there 
in um, Gangotri, if Arjuna goes there and sits, what will happen is uh, either he will sit quietly and try to meditate and in, in mentally it will go on. That Duryodhana is a crook. I should, when I got the chance, I should have thrashed that fellow. Um, I wonder what he is doing now. Or if he is uh, active, he will probably, you know, he will organize the sadhus into sadhus union or something like that. Uh, dynamic nature. I saw one sadhu, um, so very, very good sadhu, but also very uh, rajasic, very dynamic. Um, so see the reaction. Um, he was telling me in Gangotri, the pandas, the priests, so their children, so they have to survive also, so because they saw a large number of pilgrims coming, so they started a hotel. In the hotel proper, uh, this uh, what you call waste disposal is not there and the waste is going into the Ganga and which is very uh, hurtful for the sadhus and all, they, they consider it uh, the holy mother Ganga. So he took these people the priests and their children to court and pursued a case up to Supreme Court, where he finally lost the case also. And now, of course, Gangutri is very highly, uh, you know, like so many hotels and things are there. Anyhow, I was thinking when he told me the story that uh, 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 that he lost the case, not only did he lose the case finally, it was a long process, and he used to go regularly to New Delhi to fight the case from Gangutri. And then when he finally lost the case, uh, he became so disappointed, so frustrated, he decided to commit suicide, that he will jump in the Ganga. And he said, uh, he walked down to the Ganga one day, taking the name of Shiva, you know, Om Namah Shiva is chanting, he is going to the Ganga. As he touched, he said, before entering the Ganga, I will do pranams, I will touch the water, it is very fast flow. If anybody steps in, he will be killed. Even when I was there, just the day before, somebody had been killed, he will be swept away. In after, during rainy season, lot of water is there. So he said, I was going to kill myself in the Ganga, I touched the flowing water and then I felt something there and I brought it out, so this is perfect natural Shivalinga. And so immediately by touching that his entire mindset changed and uh, he decided not to commit suicide, thank God. And he brought the Shivalinga back to the ashram and it's kept there. So my, how I knew this story is I saw this very extraordinary Shivalinga under a tree in his, in his hut, near, just outside his hut. And I asked, how did you get it? Uh, so, this whole story he told me. But my also, the lesson, it's a nice story, but the lesson I learnt also was, see this person who has come to be a sadhu in the Himalayas, a good part of his time there he spent in fighting a case in the High Court and Supreme Court. Now, that's also the nature, Prakriti. Um, so, Prakriti Yanti Bhutani, Jnana Vanapi. See, yes, ordinary people are subject to Prakriti. No, even Jivan Muktas, Brahma Gyan is also. What do you mean? Well, don't you see the Brahma Gyan is how different they are? They are all Brahma Gyanis. They have all realized Aham Brahmasmi and the same Brahman, Satyam Jnanam Anantam Brahma. They are the, exactly the same Brahman. They have realized that they are true nature, even if they are Jivan Mukta. There also you see so much difference. Ramakrishna's character and personality are different from Vivekananda's. Vivekananda's personality is different from Brahmananda's. Holy Mother's personality is another type. All are Brahmagyani, all are the same. The classic example they give is Ramachandra and Sri Krishna. So both are avatars of Vishnu. And obviously, always uh, they are Nitya Brahmagyani, of course, fully enlightened. And yet their personality is absolutely different. Both are beautiful personalities. So Brahmagyani is 
they are wonderful holy highly spiritual personalities but different from each other where does this different come difference come from it comes from uh, prakriti of course their prakriti has been polished and it's not a problem for them anymore it's become so sattvic that it reflects it uh, manifests the brahma jnana easily but the difference is there so prakriti must be admitted in the case of brahma jnani also i was uh, joking with somebody sri ramakrishna liked jalebi he liked the jalebi and swami vivekananda liked chocolate ice cream now if both are same brahma jnani how is it that their <laughs> likings are different so these things are all product of body mind and their uh, mental makeup due to their past prakriti in, in avatar's case you might say that past prakriti is not there but an avatar's case they will say that yoga maya it's a, it's a prakriti created by them for the purpose of avatar leela but let's take the case of jivan muktas whether it is uh, totapuri or vivekananda or ramana maharshi or uh, um, brahmananda so dif- so different in their uh, whole mental makeup and uh, their approach so they manifested brahma jnana but differently because of the prakriti's difference in their prakriti what else did i want to say about this verse there seems to be a couple of questions yes rama is asking can a rajasik person become sattvic by training or mind or is that a transition sign of spiritual growth attained by spiritual practices of course the whole point of all these spiritual practices is to make the mind more sattvic uh, what happens is that these spiritual practices bhakti regular meditation seva and the gyana vichara which we do in vedanta classes all of these are spiritual practices and we are doing it now all of these they become easy if the mind is sattvic generally if the mind is sattvic that person likes these practices i have i was talking about that some of the brahmacharis they like these practices uh, and it one thing i've noticed is it's usually the same person who likes meditation who likes the study who likes devotion who is very um, you know full of you know liking for others and doing service to others easily why is it that the same person likes all of them all the, can do these all these things together it's big because that one quality is necessary sattvic quality that sattvic quality itself makes a person spiritual now it's not that all or nothing we all have to some extent a sattvic quality in us even an ordinary worldly person will also have sattva because prakriti is made of these three things everybody's prakriti has sattva rajas tamas it's just that spiritual practices tend to increase the sattva and maintain it in our minds um also opposite is true if the sattva is there in the mind uh, if our makeup is sattvic spiritual practices are easier we like doing it if it is not there it becomes a struggle but whether it is whether you like it or not we should do it because this is the only way we are going to become spiritual and uh, attain enlightenment notice before enlightenment all these spiritual practices make the mind sattvic so that we can um, go on with our sadhana and attain enlightenment become qualified for enlightenment after enlightenment that same sattvic mindset already sattvic that enables them to manifest that knowledge that knowledge they have am brahmasmi enables them to live according to that manifestation of the divinity within that also requires sattvic mindset often what happens is we know something we are unable to do it in life manifesting means doing it in life 
to unable to carry it out in life because uh, obstacle is put by our own prakriti lack of sattva in the prakriti i think this is what i wanted to say about this verse uh, two people have raised their hands I wanted to ask you a clarification. The prakriti that is mentioned in this verse is not the same prakriti in uh, verse 29. Uh, the, the question is, I just want to ask is that in in Sankhya, there are se- everyone is separate purusha. Yes. And everyone is separate prakriti. Am I correct? Yes, everyone is separate purusha ultimately, but we all have as jiva the the purusha is entangled with prakriti. and the prakriti that each each purusha has is a part of the cosmic prakriti so our prakriti each of us what we have in our minds is a part of uh, the power of the of mahamaya of the divine mother it's actually the divine mother's whose power is reflected in all our prakriti that's why bondage and liberation are all under the um, the control the domain of the divine mother so there is one one purusha and one prakriti and then we are all the parts of that purusha and prakriti no 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 you mentioned sankhya in sankhya there are many purushas bahu purushavada each of us yeah, is a separate that's sankhya each of us is a separate purusha and there is one prakriti but that yes you complete the question i'm oh, sorry now complete the question what were you saying so we also each of us is separate prakriti also yes that prakriti is is a part of that cosmic prakriti it is one prakriti okay. but it has many parts see that one prakriti itself becomes the entire universe i'm talking about sankhya now one prakriti becomes the entire universe so whatever is in the universe is a part of that prakriti and that includes our bodies that includes our prana it includes our mind and intellect and ahankara and and memory also manobuddhi chitta ahankara where in the memory all our our personal personality is stored our vasanas uh, samskaras are stored there and that is all part of the cosmic prakriti So we have a tiny part of that cosmic prakriti. Uh, in Advaita Ved, yes. In Sankhya doesn't have this uh, uh, this uh, the pure consciousness or the universal consciousness, whatever you want to call it. No, uh, well, doesn't have that. No, 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 no. See what you are saying. You said two things. Sankhya does not have pure consciousness or universal consciousness. No, Sankhya talks about pure consciousness. That is Purusha, and you are that Purusha. but it does not talk about universal consciousness because we are as i said separate purushas each purusha is separate yeah many many consciousnesses in sankhya not in advaita vedanta advaita vedanta talks about pure consciousness which is also universal consciousness one consciousness and in advaita vedanta maya is the power of that consciousness prakriti is the power of that consciousness so this is the difference this is the the philosophical difference behind it but here the practical problem is right now we all have prak- we are atman no doubt about it but we are we all have prakriti we each of us has a separate prakriti and it's mostly problematic why it is problematic it is something that we have consciously unconsciously gathered over many lifetimes how do we know our prakriti look at our raga dvesha likes and dislikes when we consider what's going on in our life what we want what we do not what we like what we do not like see what we have read is different what we have studied and what you have decided this is my goal in life spirituality that's wonderful but how am i leading my life day to day 
what am i finding difficult so um one sadhu um said that see what you have read i am not interested in what you do in life i am not interested in tell me your struggle tell me your struggle where, where are you struggling is meditation difficult uh, is it difficult to be unselfish does bhakti feel mechanical does gyana feel dry or i don't understand somebody said swami i checked all the boxes when you said all of them so this is part of my prakriti nothing to be done we want god realization so what vedanta does for us even at this stage is it gives us the great assurance and relief that you are satchidananda and all these problems if you have even checked all the boxes ticked all the boxes all problems i have got somebody said that maharaj in bhagavad gita what total description my description has been given so where it is simply talking about me only where in daivasura sampad vibhaga yoga the the asuri sampad the demonic qualities sri krishna has described all are matching i have got all the qualities now great thing about advaita vedanta is it assures you you are not touched by these things see whether my clothes are dirty or they are shiny clean or torn they are clothes they are not me see if it is a dirty cloth i have to wash it if it's shiny cloth congratulations but in both cases it's not you it it is some simply a covering a personality even the greek word for persona it means mask i've mentioned that earlier it means a mask it's not you our personality our prakriti is not you prakriti is not purusha name and form body mind are not the atma vedanta has given you the assurance you as atma are already pure are perfect the thing is it has to be manifested it has to be realized and realization of that requires prakriti it is all realization all sadhana all bondage all freedom everything is in prakriti atman does not have to do any sadhana atman does not need bondage or freedom also atman is ever free but because we are now tied up with prakriti we need to work through this swami vivekananda said you cannot run away from the machine you have to learn how to work the machine it will set you free that's an important point working this machine understanding the inner workings of this machine of prakriti we, we have to understand um in another place swami vivekananda says very cryptic sentence all you can do is polish the mirror all you can do is polish the mirror what is the mirror prakriti what is polishing Ch- changing our satvik our, our rajasik and tamasik tendencies make up into more satvik changing or controlling our raga dvesha and channelizing it towards sadhana that is polishing the mirror what will happen if you polish the mirror <coughs> what will happen if you polish the mirror ultimately it will give you enlightenment polishing the mirror means we will get those qualities of for vedanta viveka vairagya the shat sampatti and mumukshutvam those will become strong in us this ordinary person becomes a holy person this holiness we can actually feel it you go to a, a really i've seen it in many senior monks when you go to them you feel a distinct quality to not just a good person there's something very sublime and high about such such people that is that is the transformation of prakriti that is necessary sadhana can do that it will not make the jiva into brahman you are already brahman sadhana cannot do anything to brahman
question? Yes. Namaskar. Um, so about uh, the one of the fourfold or sixfold uh, treasures is uh, controlling the senses, the sense organs. Um, so for is that something that's like should be practiced? Is that or can you talk about it generally? Is it, should it be practiced? Is that like for maybe somebody beginning in spiritual life? Is that something that you should even think about, or is that just kind of like down the road? No, it should be practiced, and it's going to come in the next um, verse. Now the question of you say all these things and then uh, Sri Krishna ends by saying Nigraha Kim Karishyati. What can self-control do if you say that? That's a shocking statement because uh, then what is the use of spiritual life? All our practices are, are their practices. If we cannot do anything to our nature, will everybody will act according to their nature, then what is the instruct, What is the point of um, you know, telling us about self-control, don't be angry, don't be greedy, control your desires. Uh, pray, meditate, all these require self-control. Uh, so what does it mean? How are we to tackle this problem of Prakriti? So the answer to what you are saying is coming in the next verse itself. Yes. Then one more. Devanik, you are next. Maharaj Pranam. Namaskar. Um, question is, uh, can Brahma be considered a karma fall, like uh, a result of karma? No. Absolutely not. This, Brahma Jnana is not the result of karma. But by karma we can set up, um, the, the, we can polish the mirror. The mirror does not um, provide you with the or original face. You know, your face is reflected in a clean mirror. But your mirror has not made the original face. It just, when you clean it, automatically by the very nature of the mirror, it gives you a reflection of the original face. Uh, so, this reflection itself is Brahmakyana. Polishing the mirror is the, all that work can do. Karma can polish the uh, Prakriti, can uh, polish the mirror of Prakriti. Uh, knowledge is, so there is a subtle point. Karma cannot produce Brahman, no doubt about it. Uh, Brahman is beyond Karma. Brahmakyana is also beyond Karma. Uh, why? Jnana is always produced by Pramana. Pramana means source of knowledge. Source of knowledge produces knowledge. So, all I need to do, so that you know, the you see the snake in the rope by mistake. Now, by what will you get the reality? Will you have to drive away the snake with a stick or we have to employ some mantras to drive away the snake? No, all those are karma. Those karma will not work. What you need is knowledge. And for knowledge, you just need a flashlight and look at the snake and uh, you'll see there's no snake, it's a rope. That is re revealed to you directly by the source of knowledge, which is Pratyaksha. To make it even more clear, knowledge is, is said to be Vastu Tantra, depends on the nature of reality. As a thing is, so will be your knowledge, if it is correct knowledge. So, if you show a cloth uh, and your knowledge reveals it to be a cloth, helplessly so. You have no choice in the matter. If all the senses are working properly, mind is working properly, you will you are you are bound to see this as cloth. Whereas in the case of work, it is not so. Kartum akartum anyathava kartum shakyate. That means in the case of any kind of work, you have the freedom to do it, not to do it, or to do it in a different way. Uh, 
you have okay. options yeah there are various options possible uh, everybody can do work in their own way and medit even rituals even meditation is also is work mental work you may do meditation you may not do meditation each person can do a different kind of meditation it's possible but knowledge you cannot do it in different ways every one of you sees the cloth and identifies it as cloth so brahma gyan is also like that uh, you, it is not dependent on uh, karma one more point and we'll move on to the next verse the point is um, nigraha kim karishyati what can force do repression it cannot do anything it will actually harm so the all the psychoanalysis of freud and freud's followers is based on this the harm that repression does if you suppress something uh, it will not go away in fact there's an interesting incident freud himself came to the united states in, when he was already pretty famous in one of the talks there is a nice reminiscence he is giving a talk to a group of students um, so uh, he talks about repression and he says suppose here in this class some students are unruly suppose and we ask them to leave the class and they leave the class but they don't go away they are trying to peek in through the windows they will start hammering on the doors you can't see them but you can sense their presence disturbing presence similarly he said if you drive away disturbing thoughts desires you push them away they will not go away they may you may not be directly aware of them but they will go into your subconscious and they'll keep working there and they'll keep disturbing you they'll keep manifesting in different ways so repression cannot help suppose by force somebody tries to do and i have seen this um by force say a very active person decides no i will do a lot of meditation and i have seen this again and again um in the himalayas in our mo- monastery uh, in the training center where you know young brahmacharis come and uh, now i will meditate day and night and get samadhi it doesn't work uh, if you forcefully try to meditate more than what is um, what is suitable to your prakriti i have seen uh, brahmacharis you know meditating hours and hours uh, every day often what happens is it leads to mental breakdown there are people if you force it too much leads to mental breakdown sometimes luckily if they are god's grace is there they are saved so very soon they realize their their mistake uh, one um uh, young monk i know very sincere young person so all the yogas the four yogas he will practice to the maximum as far as possible so he would spend hours in the morning in meditation hours in the evening in meditation and then when it came to service there was no one more eager and up, up and doing than him he would you know you give food you serve the food in the where the monks are sitting so it's it's hard work it's hot and sweaty and <laughs> even one one session if you serve it's it's very tiring he would serve the first batch of monks who would eat he would serve the second batch of monks who would eat and the final batch where the only the the kitchen staff and the monks who are in the kitchen they eat and then they go to their rooms he would serve them also and then without eating he will go back to his room now don't do any of these things yourself um do they say don't try this at home they say uh he would not eat you won't believe this he would pluck grass from the field and would boil that grass and eat that grass and just boil water and drink that he would not sleep at night he would keep his bed at an inclined so that he would there wouldn't be any deep sleep he would sit for meditation or lie down in an inclined way one day we heard a crash in the um monastery what happened people got up 
he had slid off the bed and fallen with a crash to the floor. <laughs> Anyhow, this is too much. Uh, and what happens is you are forcefully going against Prakriti. You cannot win that way. What you can do, it will come next, Sri Krishna will tell. Uh, so, people try this. On the other hand, then what should you do? I remember the advice I, I received as a young brahmachari when I went to the training center. There was a great Swami, one of the few I think whom I would call a Jeevan Mukta, enlightened person. I had met him. He was one of our teachers. So he, so that day I went to the training center in Belurmat as a young brahmachari. This was 1999, I think. So um, I went to his room to bow down. He was quite ill. I mean, nearly 10, 12 hours a day they used to give oxygen to him. He had breathing troubles and all. But never unhappy, always uh, you know, the twinkle in his eyes. So I bowed down to him and he said, why are you here? I said, Swami, I've come for the training in the training center. And his answer was so simple and so, so wonderful. He said, oh, training center, all you need to do is go by the bell. In Bengali, he said, training center, all you need to do is go by the bell. What it means is, in the training center, we had this bell and we still have it there. There are 26 bells in 24 hours. I counted once. Bell to get up, bell to go for meditation, bell to go for chanting, bell to go for breakfast, bell to go for studies, bell to even take a bath, bell to go for classes. Each class has its own bell. Then for lunch, uh, the most... Uh, hated bell, I think, was the bell to fall asleep. So if you had already fallen asleep, that is, <laughs> you are woken up immediately. Now, what this Swami said, just follow the bell. Huh? Those who are restless, rajasic, they want to do more. I will become enlightened. What everybody is doing, I will do twice that much. Restless. Those who are tamasic, they try to escape that much. Whatever has to be done also, they try to do less. He says, just follow the bell. There is enough time for meditation, enough time for devotion, for study, for seva. Very beautifully arranged routine for sadhu life. Just follow the bell. It takes a sattvic person to do that. More rajasic person, less tamasic person. Okay. Now, what do we do then? What's the... Solution 34, very important. Indriyasyindriya syarthe ragadvesho vyavasthito tayorna vashama gachet tohyasya paripanthinau. The senses have attachment and aversion to the respective object. You should not be swayed by them. They are obstacles in your spiritual path. Shankaracharya introduces, Yadi sarva jantu atmana prakriti sadrisham eva cheshtate, nacha prakriti shunya kaschidasti. If everybody, every jiva follows their own prakriti, they work according to their own prakriti, and there is nobody without a prakriti, all jivas. Tata purushakarasya vishayanupapattehe, shastra anarthakya prapta vidamuchyate. Then where is the role for free will? Where is the role for sadhana, for initiative? And then he says, what will the result be? Shastra anarthakya. Then the Gita becomes useless. Shastra becomes anarthakya dosha. That means meaninglessness of spiritual instruction. 
So, what is being said here? Remember, in our day-to-day -day life, if you want to know what is your prakriti, it is manifested in your reactions, your likings and dislikings. So, these keep coming up as we interact with people and objects, uh, anger and desire and greed, uh, these things manifest. Raga, Dvesha, likes and dislikes and they are based on our past prakriti. Now, what happens is this. Our samskaras, the prakriti, it generates first of all a thought in the mind. It comes up as a bubble, stage one. Just a thought about anything. It could just be nice cookie. And if you hold on to that thought and nourish it, then it will become stronger. I want the cookie. Yeah. Then it becomes, at one point, becomes speech, walk. I want it. Then it becomes uh, action, karma. So a child may grab for the cookie. So you see the stages from the prakriti or from the vasanas, which are prakriti. Stage one, thought comes. That is in Sanskrit called vritti. Stage two, when you nurture that thought, hold on to it, it becomes vak, speech, and is expressed as action, karma. Vritti, vak, karma. Mind, speech, body becomes action. Now, what has to be done about this? He says, tayor na vasham Now, at this point, you have to consider that what is coming out of my prakriti, is it helpful for my spiritual path or not? We do that all the time. Anybody who is disciplined, if you are holding a job, if you are working in academia, if you are work, you know, doing your PhD or whatever, any big task you have taken up, whatever your likes and dislikes keep coming up, we control it. Only that which is helpful for us in our day-to-day -day life, we, we allow that to happen. And the rest, we suppress it. If we do not suppress it, our you know, then a person becomes, you know, like we say, uh, what do you call it? Impulse buyer. I like this, I immediately buy it, then later I regret it. Uh, acting on impulse, suddenly angry, uh, prone to anger, or suddenly, um, so Amazon is based on your impulse buying. They'll make it very easy for you. You like something, ragaha. And the transition from raga to action, speech and action is very fast. Because it's all you have to do is click one, one button. Before you know it, you have bought it. Raga has been translated into action immediately. What he says, Krishna says, is Tayorna Vashamakarchit. You have to short circuit this process. You have to use your understanding. All that we have in our prakriti is not bad. Some of it takes us towards our spiritual goal, lot of it pulls us back or diverts us. That which is not helpful at the level of vritti itself. What is coming from samskara, you have no control over that. At the level of vritti itself, you should, like a traffic policeman, divert, bypass that or allow it. Give a, uh, allow it if it is good for our spiritual path. If it is not, say no. Replace it with something that is good. So what we nourish at the level of mind, that itself becomes speech and action. And not only that, what we nourish at the level of mind and what we give went to, which we manifest as speech and action, that again goes back into our samskara and becomes part of our prakriti. It's a loop. Uh, what comes up from within, subconscious mind, if we entertain it and then we speak about it or do it, it again goes back into the subconscious mind and, and strengthens that tendency. Whereas, 
if we intercept it, if it's not helpful. I have had enough sugar today. I will not take the next cookie. Stop. What was the vritti? I want the cookie. What did you say? No. Then what happens is, it's not nourished in the mind, not, given, uh, rising, not giving rise to speech, not giving rise to action and therefore it does not, you don't express it in your life and also it, you don't add to that samskara and slowly over time what happens is, the samskaras themselves change, prakriti changes. So, after some time, months, years of this kind of sadhana, you will find only good tendencies coming out, good vrittis coming out of prakriti. Good means according to your spiritual path. Sri Ramakrishna put all this in a very simple way. He says the boatman, in the, you know he lived near the Ganga. So, when the boatman goes out into, into the Ganges, they have this long pole with which they push against the bottom of the river and they push the boat out as they are going. Uh, by the time it reaches the midstream, there is a current and it catches the current. Sometimes they have a little sail. Uh, and the boatman sits down, Sri Ramakrishna says, very nice uh, example. He sits down and holds the rudder and the boat is going along merrily without any further effort. And the boatman smokes tobacco. In Bengali he said, Purut Purut ka tamak khai. Now, what, we, what it means is, at, after some time, as the prakriti becomes spiritualized, sattvic, it becomes natural and effort is less. But at first there is some effort because you are constantly trying to watching your own prakriti and making a decision whether I will do this or not, whether I will think this first of all. Then stop thinking that. Then stop speaking about it. It will stop the speech and level of action. If we do not control it, what happens is not only are our samskaras, um, not only it has bad effect on our life, I may have decided to be spiritual, but day to day life will be ruled by prakriti, by the raga dvesha. It will keep on strengthening the old samskaras and divert me from my spiritual life. Um, so, that is the problem of, um, so that, that's how you slowly transform Prakriti. We do this all the time. When I first joined, so we are told you have to get up early in the morning. It's a struggle. See, the one thing let me tell you, um, I'll share quickly with you. Um, there was there's this psychologist, Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T. Uh, I think he's, I don't know, he was at um, one of these East Coast universities, Jonathan Haidt. Um, he wrote this book, Happiness Hypothesis. Uh, Happiness Hypothesis. I read it a few years ago and it's very interesting. He takes up this problem, why is it so difficult to be good? So much of self-help, you know, if you go to Barnes and Noble, don't go now, but <laughs> if you go to Barnes and Noble, you will find whole section, self-help. All, if you, if you follow that, how to be, meditate better, how to lose weight, how to interact, get friends, so many things, how to communicate effectively. If even 10% of that advice one can put in one's life, one would be super successful. Life would be perfect. But it's so difficult. You may have a whole library of self-help books. Same person, same old person. Why is it so difficult? We know the answer, Prakriti. But why is it so difficult to change the Prakriti? The reason is this. Jonathan Haidt said his reason is this. He says, all our study and our understanding, it affects the intellect. It goes, it's, it's an intellectual process. But the body-mind is a complex of different parts, interacting parts. He says, he gives a nice example he gives of elephant and elephant rider, mahut. Mahut on top of an elephant. Now, the mahut, the elephant rider is the intellect. 
the elephant itself is like the body or the lower parts of the mind the prakriti the vasanas and the body now it's the mahut who is excited by knowledge it's the mahut who goes to seminars and attends vedanta classes and all of that and has is excited i have uh, understood i have to get up early in the morning and practice meditation i'm convinced by it i have read all the books it's really good it's going to transform my life early morning i will get up one hour earlier from now on and use that time for meditation what happens you re- you really want to do that next morning what happens uh, alarm goes off and you are awake but now the problem is the intellect decided i have to get up early in the morning now the body which is nice and warm and under the blanket will say you did not ask me did i ever get a vote in this i never said i will get up at 5 o'clock in the morning you have attended your fancy seminar and decided it's nice to get up you get up i will remain inside the bed so what he says there is we should not think of the body and the lower parts of the mind as a machine like a computer the computer offers no resistance to you whatever you do the computer will whatever you want the computer does accordingly usually body mind has a sort of autonomy like the elephant the mahut is weak compared to the elephant the mahut understands lot of things more than the elephant maybe but physically much weaker than the elephant so the mahut may decide i will go like this this way and that way and reach that destination now he will guide the elephant that way but it will work only if the elephant obeys the mahut if the elephant does not obey the mahut if the elephant has plans of its own mahut has no chance of controlling the elephant mahut has no chance of forcefully taking the elephant to the destination because elephant is much stronger than the mahut and that's what normally what happens what normally what happens is our prakriti raga dvesha is so strong it comes up dominates the mind and then the body takes over body has its own natural intelligence nowadays they talk about autonomous intelligence in the body so they talk about intelligence in the gut for example uh, wherever there are strong concentrations of nerves in the body there is a little bit of autonomous intelligence there and that has its own tendencies that may not agree with your uh, intellect which has studied gita and mandukya upanishad and all that that has nothing to do with it but unfortunately you need the cooperation of all the entire body and the mind for sadhana so resistance is there in the body just like the elephant can resist the mahut mahut responds to knowledge intellect responds to books and talks and seminars and classes are inspired and excited body does not respond to that like elephant does not respond to um, the mahut's knowledge or desires now the question is what does the elephant respond to what does the elephant respond to training yeah. what do you do with the elephant you train the elephant you don't give it an um, you know inspirational talk tony robbins or something like that elephant just does not care but the elephant responds to training to repetition the essence of training is repetition and we see that the same um, young person who was first told you have to get up at 3:40 a.m. in the morning who had never got up before 7:30 or 8 in the morning <laughs> is it's amazing for the, this person but i mean it's very difficult for this person but within few weeks within few months it becomes natural after 3:40 by 4 a.m. i remember uh, when i went to the training center as a young novice you have to get up at 3:40 a.m. in the morning and they will ring a bell very politely next to you but they will not cease until you get up is it difficult not really 
when everybody is doing it, very soon you start doing it. I remember in two years in training, I missed it only twice. Once I really overslept and the second time um, it was I was sick. So other than that, quite effortlessly, you get up with everybody. So your nature changes. When the, when the prakriti changes, it becomes easy. Like Sri Ramakrishna says, you're in the midstream and he's smoking the tobacco and holding the rudder of the boat. No more effort is necessary. In fact, it will become very uh, annoying and difficult if you do not get up that early in the morning. And that you can do practice of anything, anything, whether it's diet or exercise or prayer or study or meditation, all things simply a matter of changing the prakriti. Not easy, but can be done. And the way to do it is not more knowledge, it is now practice. And what practice? Repetition. Systematic repetition, any of the yogas, Raja Yoga, systematic repetition. Bhakti Yoga, at least beginning systematic repetition. After that, love comes and that it becomes natural. Karma Yoga, also systematic repetition. All the yogas depend upon this repetition. Okay, I'll stop here. Tayor Navasham Agatche. Yes. Very good chat question. Yes. From Rishi and Roshni. Yes. Can you please talk about Viveka and Buddhi? Buddhi is the one which exercises Viveka. See, our inner instrument, Antakkarana, what we generally call mind, but more detailed, it has got four components. Manas, which considers different alternatives. Chitta, the memory. Uh, buddhi, the determinative faculty. There is a definition of Buddhi. Nishchayatmika Buddhi. Buddhi is the one which decides, where knowledge dawns, understanding dawns. When you are struggling mentally with a problem, for example, that is mind. When you get the flash of understanding or a decision, that is buddhi. And ahankara is the final fourth component, which, uh, which is abhimanatmika, which appropriates everything. Say, I am thinking, I am confused, I understand. So these are the four, four uh, components of the mind or sukshmashat or antakkarana. And uh, buddhi is the one which exercises viveka. Viveka means the discernment, the ability to separate two things. Right and wrong, eternal, non-eternal, real and false. Dharma, dharma, viveka, nitya, nitya, viveka, and satya, mitya, viveka. Yeah. There is one more from Bill. What is the difference between uh, this saying no and the repression? Uh, when you talked about uh, the the vrittis, they come up in the mind. Uh, you divert them. So his question is related to that. Yes. This, when you say no, why are you saying no? We have a higher purpose here. So it's more like channeling something that this is the time for my meditation and is my mind is restless or my mind is sleepy. These are the two distractions to meditation. I take the decision, no, I will sit here for meditation. It may be a struggle, but it's no longer repression. You are diverting your energies towards a high uh, purpose, higher purpose. You are simply replacing one move. Uh, you are simply replacing one movement with another movement. Uh, so there's two questions. One is from Shekhar. Shekhar, you are next. Namaste, Swamiji. So I have a quick question. Uh, in one of your talks, you mentioned Vasana Kshaya. So, this practice that you just talked about, does it lead to Vasanakshaya? Yes. 
it leads to vasanakshaya um, both vasanakshaya and manonasha vasanakshaya is slowly you purify the storehouse of vasanas it will not destroy the vasanas which are there but it will replace them with uh, better ones more spiritual ones which will help you in spiritual uh, in spiritual practice and spiritual progress i re- i still remember um the difficulty of doing this um one great monk under whom i i got trained lucky enough to get training in the beginning of my spiritual life i still remember walking with me at night and he's telling me yes go on practicing like this i was talking about my daily spiritual practices he says go on practicing like this after a lifetime of effort he says after a lifetime of effort he used his finger like this you will see your if you sincerely work hard throughout your lifetime you will see your prakriti will change by this much now you might say then that's very disappointing not really you need just that much of polishing of the prakriti so that your real self is reflected there and you get brahmakyana you see once i asked a monk that monk i told you about who said just follow the clock just follow the bell i can tell you his name he has passed away uh, swami mokshadananda ji ram maharaj um he he also told me once uh, once i had gone to him with a question that all this sadhana we are doing i begin to understand that it is actually transforming our prakriti our nature uh, likes and dislikes our our subconscious is being purified and all that uh, i said what is the use of it actually ultimately because you do put in all this effort and very soon we will become old and i'll die that's it so what was the effort for if i don't get brahma gyan what was the effort for it's all gone i don't remember what he said uh, but basically it was this he said first of all it's not all gone whatever spiritual effort you have made till now that polishing that remains that becomes a samskara itself and remains along with all the other samskaras and next life that will be there for you it is the most powerful resource for you that is the best thing you can take away from one life if one does not get realization in this life second is that polishing itself will lead to realization one day what you have understood in vedanta will become a living reality for you when the polishing is just enough you don't have to make your prakriti perfect you don't have to make your personality like vivekananda or brahmananda or like ramana maharshi no not to that extent also just enough for you to realize aham brahmasmi then you are free punam ji you are next yeah so swami ji in day to day life most of the work that we do is for the welfare of the family yes so is that sakam karma usually what can we right to, uh, normally it is sakama karma why is it sakama karma because it is based on me and mine this is i and these are mine and hence i'm taking care of them i and mine um but how can we transform it into nishkama karma i see the lord in all of them the lord has put me in this situation because of my past karma i am now in this family and i have got this body and mind because of my past samskara this is my prakriti and this is the playground i have got all due to my past karma only and god has graciously given this to me now my purpose is to realize god my lord alone is in the form of husband wife children grandchildren and relatives father mother now let me do the best how can i serve them 
serve i am whether i it i'm taking care of parents or husband wife children relatives uh, neighbors everywhere i'm actually serving my gopala my krishna uh, or my ramakrishna you don't have to tell them that mentally that should be the attitude then that sakama karma becomes nishkama why then it will no longer be me and mine so much you will see once you start doing that your love will generally spread to all slowly it become you will begin to see there is not much difference between my relatives and everybody else uh, this child it starts off as this is my child and everybody else is different but as we become more spiritually mature you see there is not much difference between this child and the other child also and your love extends to all sri so ramakrishna put it so simply he said um um amar bhagne my nephew my niece uh, this is maya all are my gopala he says this is daya he played on the word maya and daya this is mine this is maya but all are my gopala uh, my 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 lord is in the form of everybody and i have even if i cannot do anything i have the highest respect devotion to the, my lord in the hearts of everybody and this becomes nishkama then last question in the chat maharaj will the prakriti itself dictate whether one can say no to the vritti will the prakriti itself ha ah, this is a difficult question <laughs> you say you are saying all these things but anybody will think a little bit about this say that even this effort that you make uh, acting as a policeman this much i will allow this much i will not allow these are the tendencies which are good for my spiritual life these are tendencies which are not good i will stop that it's not easy also if we begin to do that that means viveka has already begun to come into us with this which has become urgent that i want to become spiritual i want to realize god in this life that also that also is the grace of god this is why the uh, ishwara kripa is very necessary guru kripa ishwara kripa is very necessary uh, the guru kripa ishwara kripa actually manifests as atma kripa atma kripa means self effort grace of oneself my own mind should be gracious gracious to me my own mind is gracious to me means this desire will be there no i will change my life i will make it better one small thing i can say we all have the power of decision decision means yes or no when do we have the power of decision this is where the mind tricks us So yes the power is there but i i i don't i fail i try i try to control myself i fail but remember the power of decision is available to us at every moment last time i tried i failed but right now also the power of decision is available the mind will tell you you are going to fail anyway no don't try to take those decisions no you take the decision now suppose i fail i become angry again or i become greedy again all right next moment i can take again to take a decision that no i will not follow the vritti i will replace it with a better vritti and many things are helpful like routine is helpful whether uh, if i make a good routine for myself a reasonable routine and stick to it then you don't have to take the decision every moment will i get up or will i not get up now swami yatishwanji says the moment the question you are awake enough to ask the question jump out of bed or if you are very tired and all that it may be that you go back to sleep for some more time but don't lie there should i get up or should i not get up that's the worst kind of thing tamas yes is guru kripa a result of karma might be one uh, 
disciple Swami Vishuddhanandaji was the president of the Ramakrishna order and uh, one, dis one devotee was following him around and saying Maharaj Kripa Karun, Kripa Karun, have Kripa on me. After some time I think Maharaj got a little exasperated and he said Kripa, do you know the meaning of Kripa? Kripa means grace. So do you know the meaning of Kripa? First Kri and then Pa. Kri means do. Uh, Kriya means to, do, to action. Pa means to get. So first you do something, then you will get Kripa. Sri Ramakrishna said, the wind of grace is always blowing. God's grace is always there. Remember, he lived near the river. So the wind is always blowing, but the boat has to raise its sail. You have to raise a little sail, which will catch the wind. That much raising the sail you have to do, that I want it. This, this life, I want it. Nice um, observation. Jonathan Hyde, so I think everybody can see this comment. Daniel Kahneman, Thinking fast and slow, system one and system two, correct. Uh, that's a very nice book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, in fact, Michael Lewis also has a uh, easier version of this is the original book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Michael Lewis has an easier version of that, more uh, racy, uh, better read. It's uh, called uh, the Undoing Project. So these psychologists, Daniel Kahneman and one more Israeli psychologist, the two of them, they worked on this idea that there is a conscious decision making and cognitive process in our mind and one impulsive process in the mind. And usually our default setting, Amos uh, Travisky, yes, uh, our default setting is the impulse thing. If you don't do anything, we will always act according to Ragadvesha. This is the very important thing to understand. Ragadvesha always bubbling up from our samskaras. And if you don't consciously take a decision, if you don't engage what he calls the system one, our usual response will be automatic response, what you call in computer language default setting. Default setting is always guided by Prakriti. That has to be replaced by uh, conscious decision making uh, until that becomes the default setting itself. Yeah. Yes. Duryodhana, yes, I should have given that. Prabhupada always reminded me. Duryodhana and Krishna example. Maybe next time we'll talk about it. Duryodhana talks about why, why automatically he does what is wrong. And he does not want to do what is good. He knows what is good and what is wrong. But he can't, he, he cannot bring himself to do what is good. He cannot stop himself from doing what is bad. Perfect response to that is Krishna's, um, this verse number 33. 34. Tayorna Vashamagachit. You have the power to say yes or no. This is the important thing. Ragadvesha are coming up from our nature, but you have the power of saying yes and no. Now, one more point, although we have run well over time, just one more point. You have the power, but that window of opportunity is very small. Only when the thoughts have come up and are weak then your yes or no has some value. When already it has taken on a big, like a wave in the mind, anger, you are already angry, or greed, you have already decided, I am going to purchase that thing, you are about to click the button, very difficult to stop. Even if you, if you, at that level, if you stop it, what will happen is, next time you won't be able to stop it anymore. Once you will be able to stop, two times, two more times you will fail to stop. Um, at that time, willpower is overwhelmed. The buddhi becomes overwhelmed by the force of that 
uh, that vritti which has come up in the mind. By that time you angry, already shouting insults at, at the person who has made you angry or already uh, going to punch that fellow. At that time to stop it is very difficult. It has to be stopped, nipped in the bud at the level of vritti itself. That takes a calm and meditative mind. For most of us, it already has gone to the level of a strong wave. And another problem is, when it goes to the form of a strong wave in the mind, already its anger is there or greed is there. Uh, then what happens is, the buddhi, the intellect, that also becomes contaminated. So instead of trying to stop it and take the decision, that starts supporting the decision. Yes, I am angry, that fellow deserves to be scolded. That fellow deserves to be insulted. A very bad person. Who is telling? The buddhi itself, which should have stopped me. Later on, the same buddhi will regret, will feel guilty. Why did I do that? But by that time, the buddhi gets infected by that wave also. It becomes a supporter. Instead of... So it's like the mahut who becomes confused. Now the mahut starts thinking like the elephant also. Where the elephant is going, yes, this is where I want to go. Then you will never reach your destination. So, yeah, so this is one insight. It should be controlled in the, in the bud itself. And a lot of interesting things are there. I remember uh, a discussion, a talk by uh, a neuroscience researcher on meditation from the Nimhans uh, in, in Bangalore. It's, early, it's a very advanced institute for neuroscience. Meditating on, uh, um, doing research on meditation and the effect on decision making. And he showed uh, this uh, fMRI scans that people who are regular meditators, they're they have a bigger window of decision making. I related, he did not talk about this, I related it immediately to Tayorna Vashamagachet. Such people can easily control much faster, much better than other people. Anyway, one can go on, we'll take it up next time. But Krishna and Duryodhana example is good. I think even if I forget, Prabir Babu, please remind me. I should start with the Krishna and Duryodhana example uh, next time. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ramakrishna Rupanamastu